You'd be like, yeah. it's, it's part of your awakening. We're so confined by the fluids that we put on our body on the, on a daily basis. And what, what's the use? What's the use of that repression? You know? So have this, my jizz powder smoothie by Keith Raniere, you know? <laughs> Crow's cult is all about getting all of your fluids out as much as you possibly yeah. can. Yeah. It's all about ingesting fluids that have come from you, you know, yeah. like in yeah. re recycling. Bottom line, that's like the most basic tenet of accepting Nexium. As what like, is drinking your like own piss and, and like common stuff? It's like Keith Raniere's communion. His <laughs> communion. Because he's got cum in it. I see what you I see what you've done there. This is my body. This is my cum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah weird joint though weird joint you thirsty thirsty, crow yeah for sure i've been sucking you know sucking down salty nickel flavored cum all day (laughs) why didn't you just get the regular flavor it all comes as salty nickel anymore to me it's more of like a spectrum on that. Like, how, like how, how farther to the side of salty it is versus how farther to the side of nickel-y it is. Did you hear what I said? No, what did you say? Come farther? A, a charter spectrum? <laughs> yeah. A Bresnan charter spectrum. Optimum. A Bresnan charter spectrum optimum. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's a niche joke. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many I don't know how many people actually still have followed along that whole transition from Bresnan to <laughs> My dad still has a fucking Bresnan email account. I think yeah. my dad does too. Yeah, yeah the hooks definitely has a Bresnan dot net. Yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy to think about. I remember <laughs> like logging into my fucking Bresnan.com email to like look at <laughs> some like ebombsworld.com pages <laughs> that I shared with myself. That's where I have to send his Zoom invites. Really? To his Bresnan because that's the one he gets on his iPad. That's so funny. This <laughs> binger, do you guys think I should also eat one of these uh, groovy chews? Yeah, I think you should. Up to you. That, that's not what I want to hear. I want to hear what you think I should do. Dude, I don't really... My personal belief is that edibles don't have an effect on me. Yeah, these... I, I'm inclined to believe... Except uh, these are the sativa ones. And they just kind of pro- carry me along, you know what I mean? In a slow-moving tide. But uh, they, there's some indica ones of the same the same breed that are much heftier. <laughs> yes. More significant wallop. Swab dog. These ones have acid on them, though. <laughs> we should do an episode on acid. When we have a Patreon, we will. Yeah. Oh, there's going to be so much grunting on that episode. <laughs> there's going to be so much, like, just screaming. and. Who wouldn't want to listen to that? Big boys want candy. 
That type of thing. You're going to scream, big boys want candy? Yeah. Big daddy wants candy. Are you the big boy who wants the candy in that Yeah. yeah. Yes. You've seen me when, I, when I'm, like, loose and about and, like, let, you know, left to my own devices. You know what happens. I get my bosom out. I've seen it happens when you're a little bit more loose than lucid. <laughs> yeah. It's a little, just a little joke there. I feel like not that bad. kid from Harry, or not Harry Potter, but Sky High. When you say that, <laughs> like when you say that, you make what kid a, from Sky High? The one who's he's a sidekick. He gets designated a sidekick by Bruce Campbell. Um, that's his name, right? The guy who was uh, in Burn Notice. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. and the guy who was in what's that fucking Evil Dead? <laughs> AKA the legend himself, Ash, bro. Yeah, dude. But uh, there was a kid that gets designated a sidekick because his fucking superpower that he was born with is he can turn into a puddle. That's, <laughs> That's what I feel like sometimes. <laughs> but isn't there like one moment right at the end where his puddle power becomes really advantageous to his friends? Right. Yeah, like no one leaves a caution wet floor sign out. So he's just rad and stealthy. And like one of the villains, Gwyn, I believe, slips on this puddle. So I guess, but the the idea there then is that like all, some of his body is swept away with her heel. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. When he turns back into a person, does he have a heel, you know, shoe print mark ripping through his sternum or something, Brad? Yeah. You can only hope. He's like I dude. truly hope that. I truly hope that every night before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. He's like that dude, Ralph. He, I probably would look like that dude, Ralph, from uh, Scary Movie 3. The guy yeah, the you, remind me of, you remind me of a different Ralph. Wreck it, Ralph. Ralph, 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 Ralph Wiggum. Oh. Is that is that in the Demers family? Oh my god. What is that? You're crazy. He's from the Simpsons, dude. He's Chief Wiggum's son. I didn't watch much Simpsons growing up. It was banned. Banned? <laughs> yeah. That's a sham. Established as heresy. That's so fucked up. What do you guys want to talk about uh, for the cold open today? Dealer's choice. Have you ever cummed into snow? Okay, we're going to skip that one. (laughs) (laughs) Have you? No, I I never have. I I can't imagine... I can't imagine... Why you would get? I uh, yeah, I can't imagine you could. Uh, I would be too. I'm assuming if there's snow, it would be too cold, and I would be too uncomfortable the whole time to really uh... lose yourself Jizz. at the moment, so to speak. Jizz or uh, or come rather. What's a better way of making yourself warm? Dude, probably a lot of things. <laughs> Jerking <laughs> off. Um, the, the crow's natural survival instinct is to jerk is off to as jerk soon off. as it gets cold. Yeah, I mean, 
<laughs> it's kinetic and it's a full body exercise for me. Wow. <laughs> but no, I just, I've been, I took some walks in the snow today and I was just, these were some of my thoughts. So I was you like, thought, wow, I've never jizzed in this before or cummed <laughs> rather. Or cummed, exactly. Um, I can't remember if I went with J or C for that one, but it was one of the two. Um, Corn or a half jug, the ghost yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who returns to his haunt, no less. Yes, he, is, he has returned. I saw him adorned in a foul or like a cowl-necked sweater today, as he described it. Ghosts Whoa. change clothes. <laughs> it's a well-established fact. Well. Sorry, bro. The facts do not care about your feelings. Ghosts change clothes. Hey, what up, what up? Welcome to Hostile Vibes from Wholesome Places. and crow show with hooks and crow uh this is hooks alongside my very own talking crows ah! Ah! Can yeah, you hear okay that? Hey, yeah, it's good to be here. what's up oh it's good to be here yeah really yeah where i i mean i've got the magenta lighting in my that's mask. true live from the vibe dungeon i don't know if i've seen this color before it's a DIY one. I had to, I had daddy had to alter the colors to achieve it. You like it? How did you alter the colors to achieve it? <laughs> well, with LEDs, you know, you can adjust like the amount of R, G, and B, which is acronym for red, green, and blue. Roy G. Biv. Yep. And uh, you can just take like, say, red and bump it down and blue or blue bump it down in green to get, achieve magenta at some point wow bro crow nice. finally achieving magenta <laughs> yeah more of like a, i don't know yeah i guess it's magenta it's a deep pink um yeah. crow so as we discussed on the other side of the intro there uh, ghost of half jack had migrated over to these waters, returned to his usual haunt. Mm-hmm. Um, has he passed through you at all and sent a cold shiver down your spine? Yeah, I've definitely had that experience, you know, mere hours before this show where I wow. felt his spirit just course through every, every inch of my body. Yeah, we loved having him out here. He amplified... Uh-huh the vibe factor for sure in the days that he was here and i and i kind of realized while he was here that uh, that's just what he does it's a natural skill he's he was born with it his uh ghostly uh i don't know ambiance is less haunting or horrific or spooky or supernatural it's pretty just vibey yeah without a shadow of a doubt it makes you feel good about yourself and you're not even realizing it's happening. That's right. Yeah. Um, sweet. 
Uh, but it's snowing there, and then yeah. Mount Rocky Mountain West. Old man Winter has just started spraying fluids from his talons the other day. Okay. And they froze and <laughs> became snow. Nice. That's how that happens. Uh... <laughs> I I live in a folk where, world. You know what I mean? That's what sure. it feels like to me. It's like a folk a folk world. <laughs> Essentially, a, a Taylor Swift album come to life. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Very topical reference um, from presumably a less frostbitten part of the world, Arctic part of the world. Um, returning again to to for some unfinished business. Pick up where we left off. Um, we've got uh, one. Head one, two, two, two thirds of the hooks Hydra. We got Pat on the line from DC. Welcome back. Hello, hello. There's Long no time. snow out here, so no. okay. Just Ooh. yeah, just dry as a bone. It is. I mean, well, it rained a lot today, but as a bone it's... fish, <laughs> as, a, as bone a bone fish. fish. It did. It rained a little bit today here, as well. Wow. Yep, that makes sense um welcome back long time no see it's been one calendar day and yeah. maybe some change since uh since we recorded part one of our fellowship of the ring analysis is it fair to call it an analysis yeah i don't know <laughs> commentary for sure okay okay commentary, commentary for, for sure, sure striving towards analysis potentially maybe reaching the threshold it goes above just pleasure (laughs) it it sure does it It, sure does it is more than a pleasure it teases at something better you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah i see what you mean to be plus for sure there is some scholarly input on it. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I am. I am the doctor of of the primal grunts. I feel like high, I could... high level of co- cognition going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think we can all agree on that. Sure. We decided to break up the episodes, a la the disc breakup on the DVD box set. So you have to. Take the DVD number one out and put DVD number two in at this point at uh, post Council of Elrond where the Fellowship has gathered together and has set off on their journey. Frodo as Ringbearer, uh, Aragorn uh, of the, the Rangers. What are, the, what are those people called again, Pat? The Dunedain. The Dunedain. That's right. I knew it. I remembered it. Um, Legolas of the woodland realm yeah gimli the dwarf boromir of gondor the chad realm gandalf the gray the chad realm (laughs) uh gandalf the gray stoner proven stoner (laughs) conclusively that's the academia that was, I guess, that if anything was our analysis in the last episode, that was our sort of our final takeaway was that they're getting high in this movie. They're getting high. <laughs> we went back, about. we found the 
texts, you know, the evidence, and uh, we didn't necessarily use MLA style. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think we argued our case fairly convincingly. Yeah. But they are, in fact, getting pretty baked while they're doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that we actually think, and that we actually think that's pretty cool. Uh, We've got uh, something very special happening. We've got Brendan joining us, the other head of the Hydra. Welcome. How we doing, boys? How we doing? We're doing, we're doing excellent. We're actually just getting started. Pretty Uh, seamless timing, yeah. Yeah, really? pretty seamless timing. We we just got through the intros and we're just getting started on uh, kind of cracking our knuckles and really diving back into this thing here, uh, picking up where we left off. I don't remember exactly what the first scene of the second uh, the second disc is. Does anybody? I do. Um, it's where Aragorn is out in the. Um... It's like the cemetery or something like that. And he's gazing upon that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And Elrond comes up and speaks to him. Uh, but then it moves, very, it moves very quickly to the puppet scene. That's his mother. Right. Oh, right. 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 Yeah. right. We get a little bit of Aragorn backstory here. Mm-hmm. That reminds me. Um, watching this movie uh, with my roommate, uh, the spider, who had never really seen it before. I kept sort of like explaining things to him that I thought was just like backstory that I guess didn't come up. And then like two minutes later, it would come up. And this was one of them where I was like, Aragorn was actually like brought to Rivendell as a child. And then they're like, yeah, your mother brought you here as a child. I was like, (laughs) okay, shit. (laughs) Could have just let that one hit organically. (laughs) Yeah, but I, I mean, that one was, th- that scene, it, it moves very quickly to Bilbo's freak out, which I just feel like so that's what sets the scene. You know what I mean? Does that come next? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it comes next when he gives him Sting and gives him uh, the, Me the shirt. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit on the last one. The mm-hmm. fact that that effect, I guess they built a crazy puppet Bilbo. Yeah. And I'm going to say, I bet you anything, Peter Jackson has that puppet, <laughs> like, up above his bed or something crazy. Like, it I, is I, definitely something you'd want to hold on to. Yeah. yeah, that's a prop you'd keep. Yeah. <laughs> he builds a shrine to it. He does, like, <laughs> ventriloquism acts with it in, like, Wellington open <laughs> mic nights. <laughs> just, like, every once in a while, he just sticks. I'm be Fucked up Bilbo out. He's the New Zealand Jeff Dunham. Yeah. <laughs> With this crazy Bilbo puppet. Hey, all right, Bilbo, you ever, you ever run into uh, female dwarfs? Uh, <laughs> people think uh, that there are any female dwarfs. <laughs> yeah, he just repurposes bits from the movies. <laughs> yeah. I'd watch it. <laughs> that would be the most horrifying puppet to do a ventriloquism act with. I mean, think about his face when he does that. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so aggro. I was scared of it as a kid. Yeah. Oh, totally. That was the scariest part, maybe, of all of them as a yeah. kid. As a small, you know, as a wee boy, like eight or nine years old, whenever 
we watching this on VHS, I think, before we even mm-hmm. got ended. Yeah. Scary moment. Visceral. Jumps out at you. You identify with Frodo because he's so boyish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A boyish 50-year-old. <laughs> a boyish 15-year-old halfling. And uh, Bilbo jumps out at him and is all scary. And uh, you kind of put yourself in his shoes. You know, and real- like, imagine if your uncle did that. So that's yeah. all after the council. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess I guess that is all kind of before they're getting ready to leave. After yeah, that. because he, he's like, they've had the council and you learn more about the ring. So I guess Aragorn's like saying goodbye to his mother statue, which I get why they cut that scene. Um, and then he's like giving him gear for his journey. So that makes sense. Yeah. And they actually get a scene of them leaving in the extended edition, which we don't in the regular which is another yeah, where they like, like it makes sense yeah. to me that they cut that one yeah yeah they're always just kind of walking like it's always just like oh from the side they're walking to the next yeah. place like just and it's like I, we don't really need to see them like leaving elrond yeah or, uh, rivendell and elrond being like all right the fellowship's you, out like you have out. my blessing <laughs> yeah like in case y'all didn't know this earlier here's what they're going to do <laughs> I'm part of it, but they're leaving. Yeah, I can't wait to see like how it goes. I, I hope it goes well myself, but I, I will not be going. But mm. you guys are more like qualified to take care of it. Yeah, um, even I fuck. I didn't do anything about it last time. Do you remember? I'm not going to miss that. Lest we skip over when uh, Elrond is talking to Gandalf about I was there three thousand years ago. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and when uh, Isildur doesn't destroy the ring, and as a kid, that would always stress you out so much. You would be like, Elrond should have just. If I was Elrond, I would have just cut Isildur's hand off, or like just killed him and pushed him into yes. the lava, and then destroyed it. It was you can't just let it li- live, oh. man. That's crazy. It's, <laughs> just being so stressed out about it. It's a really bad look for Elrond that he lets yeah. Isildur walk out of the mountain. <clears throat> it's like, yeah. Elrond just, just hard, really hands a off. Hard shoulder. There's nobody else there. Like, oh, what happened? He fell in. Anyways, evil. It was an active forever. volcano. Like, you know, it was crazy in there. Nobody cares. And when someone's like, <laughs> tell the truth. He didn't Did want to destroy him? it, and I killed him because I wanted. I yeah. wanted to get rid of evil in the world. So the benefit massively outweighs it. Like that's the thing about elves, dude. They have all these great powers. They're good at fighting. They hardly ever show up, really, and mass to do anything decisively. They're all just like, yes, well, I'm just going to encourage you to do the right thing. But <laughs> yeah, frustrating. Bad look for Elrond. <laughs> yeah, Let you do your own thing. People trip and fall in volcanoes all the time. You know, no one would question it. Nobody would at, nobody would bat an eyelash. You're yeah. exactly right about that. Also, People are constantly the- <laughs> tripping and falling into volcanoes. It's so commonplace. Do the well, old yeah, assisted when they, fall. When they have really neat little walkways like that. I mean, yeah, happens all the time. I wonder yeah. what the conversation was like with Elrond and Isildur and whoever else was left after that battle. <laughs> They're like, oh, you guys are going up to the mountain. I'll come with you. And they're like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Just this- me and him. 
Yeah, this is a main character sort of situation. Yeah. <laughs> this walkway is really fit. We don't know how many people it'll support. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a volcano. There's lava. Like, we don't want anyone getting burned. Like, it's probably best if. And they both come back down, and Elrond's like, okay. <laughs> so they're just like, what happened up there, guys? <laughs> no, Isildur is invisible. Oh, no, he just other, sneaks on. So down. just Elrond comes down, and he's <laughs> and like, well, fuck it. I don't yeah. know. He oh, so. so two guys one to throw it in the other to make sure he throws it in and then elrond comes out and then they're like oh so you push hey, it in, and he's hey like, guys hey guys how many freaking uh kings of men and uh, high elves does it take to freaking uh, throw a, a ring in mount doom i guess more than yeah. two huh <laughs> then isildur's invisible and elrond comes out and they're like oh so you pushed him in or something he's like nah he's around here somewhere i just can't. yeah i don't know i don't know he's fucking uh turns out that they would have the just they wouldn't have known it makes you invisible right because only sauron had had it before yeah, so it would have like he was visible. He yeah, was he visible. was very visible. So like they would have just found out it was invisible by Isildur fucking sneaking off. They're like, whoa, it does that. Which yeah. reminds me, earlier, you know, in the in the beginning montage extended, there's like this scene where Isildur like they get ambushed by yeah. orcs and he like puts on the ring for like a second and then yeah. goes in the water and takes it off. And I'm like, I understand why that cut that out. It makes it kind of lame and it makes it more exciting. <laughs> when you first see Frodo disappear, you know what I mean? Yeah, and in the theatrical, you still see him floating face down with arrows in his back and the ring floating away. And Which him. is a, a fucking rough way to go. <laughs> sure. Well, the heart's yeah. easily corrupted. I mean, she, she... <laughs> He was, that Chad Isildur killed by the incel army of orcs, though, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. What can you say? And what can you say? There's a, a, a certain element of poetic justice <laughs> um okay so here we get to um they're just kind of hanging out they're chilling out so we get some good guys being dudes right with the it's a lot of good guys being dudes it's a lot of and pippin how to fight it's a lot of which way should we go right yeah and like the next 20 minutes being like well the gap of rohan is too close to isengard so yeah this way but then Isengard has, your Saruman has his birds, so then we'll go this way, but then he's fucking <clears throat> doing his crazy... He's trying to bring down the mountain! Yeah, so it's like a lot of like, let's go this way, let's go that way. And in the extended edition, Boromir's doing a lot of like, maybe we just go to Minas Tirith. Like, maybe we just end up... Yeah. Maybe we just end up in Gondor. And it's like, fuck no, man. We're not gonna do it. But whenever they have one of those conversations, Boromir's like trying to bring the White City in. <laughs> yeah, it is a gift. Yeah, it is a gift. He's always waiting weapon. to to talk about that. Are those like just those birds? Are those just crows poisoned by Solomon? Uh oh. Are those crows? Crow seeing crows. Yeah. yeah. Were you pissed about that? They're uh, they're enthralled to a, a dark forest. My people were not properly represented by this film. And what are they <laughs> called, Pat? Do you know? Like, what is it it's, that Legolas um, says? It's Krebain. 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 C R E B A I N. Okay. He says it's it like Krebain. Like, yeah. From Dublin. It's, uh, yeah. It sounds it, like they came from Dublin. Um, <laughs> I think it's Dunland. From Dunland, that makes sense. But um, yeah, they're just kind of. If I remember correctly, vaguely explained as just sort of like magical, sinister birds. It's sort you know, of like yeah. another uh, bonus scene that we get um, is Gandalf talking about 
the Dark Lord has spies amongst like the beasts and the birds all over. So at least in the books, you're kind of just supposed to assume that any bit of wildlife is is inherently yeah. like evil. And I, I looked like, it up wow. in the bestiary. Yeah. They are crows. Crow shout out. Um, a breed of large black crows that lived in Dunland and the Fanghorn Forest during the Third Age. Um, they were servants and spies of evil powers. Just oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> you're a magical evil bird so they're I, just a, a whole species that just defaults to being an evil spy yeah that's wow. kind of how a lot of the stuff in this universe works yeah yeah like you remember what kind of what our show is like yeah also crow the next entry in the bestiary here is <laughs> crows crows are separate, and it Go says on. Crows were always the chief carrion birds of Middle-earth, and they carried a reputation of being allied with dark powers. Oh, uh, God, he is. Men, men called them birds of ill omen, for it was oh thought they spied God. over the land and brought tales to evil beings who plotted deeds of ambush and slaughter. <laughs> it was that these carrion birds profited by bearing tales, for on the bloody work of these evil armies, the crows often feasted. So the crows are turning people against each other and then eating the dead. That's yeah, you. That's you. <laughs> I have no problem eating dead, but <laughs> I just feel like that sort of there's like a negative connotation. Well, yeah. So the crows have a bad reputation and they're using it to their advantage because they're really smart and they have their own language. So crows, is it fair to say you don't you don't give a damn about your bad reputation? I don't give a damn about my rab. Yeah, I do. And they are. Is that know, a little Shrek soundtrack reverence? Yeah. Which, it's fitting to say today, our day of recording will acknowledge is the, the day that uh, Shrek was uh, officially incorporated into the National Film Registry with the Library of Congress. God, How did it take it. this long? Yeah. Uh, you're asking the right questions, but you're, you're asking the wrong guy, unfortunately. <laughs> it belongs in the Smithsonian. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a, put put Shrek on the National Mall. I say put it put Shrek on Mount Rushmore. Just like the Lincoln Monument, but it's just Shrek in a chair. Yeah, <laughs> Shrek and Lord of the Rings, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, the crows are a funny little scene, and then it's Mountain Pass. I do love weird. when they shout. They're shouting at each other. Yeah, that is sick. Yeah, this is when. This is what Boromir keeps referring to the hobbits as the little ones. Yeah. Well, he's kind of trying to carry them through yeah. the snow. I always love to yeah. see people in there. <clears throat> Everyone, even like, you know, they're all fucking like chest deep in the snow and then Legless just walks by and he's just on top of it. Like, yeah. Man. Like, if you. <laughs> yeah, it'd be kind of like. Boromir there. Yeah. You got a hobbit in each arm and you're up to your, your neck in snow and then. That's too much snow, though. That's kind of really what I was thinking about when I was watching it this time. Like, it's an unbelievable amount of snow. That well, they because Saruman's out. doing it on purpose, right? Yeah, yeah but that's uh, I don't know. There's something about that mountain pass seems very like set e to me. It does, especially when, when all the snow falls on yeah. it. Yeah, after okay. the lightning strike, it looks like a miniature model where they dumped a little cup of snow in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Filmed it slow mo. It's funny. It's funny. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, I was just gonna say I've been watching a lot of this show called Alone, 
where it's this reality show where people Ooh, have to yes. yeah have you seen that yeah i'm obsessed with it it's this reality show where like survival experts try to see who can survive the longest out in the wilderness and they like self-document it and they just go totally crazy but i've been watching that and so all of these people are like if you get wet you're you're fucking dead essentially yeah and so i'm like i've been watching this movie and they're going up this pass and i'm just like they're fucking like buried in snow (laughs) and they like pop their heads up and they're like maybe we should go all the way down to the bottom of the mountain yeah and then go inside it and they're just like i don't know what do you think frodo you decide and he's like yeah we'll go to the bottom and then they just cut (laughs) to them (laughs) at the bottom and i'm like how they would already be dead in that situation i don't know you know did they just like snowboard down i don't know <laughs> not to pick nits, but like it, they just are like, well, I guess they just get out of it. But that's like, I mean, they can get rid of that with a line of dialogue, just like, oh, thank goodness for Gandalf's warm everybody spell. Yeah, yeah. Like, I our, Gandalf dry immediately. Magic yeah, and be warm. Spell. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he spoke dust to a moth, and all the eagles came and took them again. You know. Yeah, yeah, just just to the bottom of the mountain, no further. Yeah. <laughs> Pro, are you trying to say that the official language of moths is called dust? No, cr- credit to uh, Half Jack, the ghost of Half Jack. He pointed that okay. out the other night as we were watching it. He said Gandalf just spoke dust to that moth, and I mean, it does. It makes sense. Like they're they're known for their dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you ever talk to a moth like that? I've never really talked to a moth. Yeah, probably you, because, because of that. I have seen you crow multiple times with the exact energy of Gandalf when he snatches that moth out of the air. <laughs> you, your quarry has not been moths, but... <laughs> I've, I've certainly snatched flying things out of the air. Yeah, but you're famous I, for that. I, you're famous I, for that. <laughs> there's one thing I want on my tombstone. Uh, <laughs> you snatch flying things out of the air yes that's what daddy does uh but yeah you know i i think it's apt like how else would a moth speak to, to one another you know but through dust but through dust yeah i i think i'm fine with it so we get down to uh moria even yeah, in the maybe. extended edition we get a we get a hard one so <laughs> <laughs> we get the hard one pat yeah. i have a question for you about the mythology here because saruman and gandalf both know about the balrog and i don't remember exactly what he says but gandalf when he confronts the balrog it seems to me like he was saying like okay hey we both know what's up i represent I represent this side of things. You need to go back to the shadow. Uh, it's time to go down. And like, it seemed to me like he had a motivation outside of just letting the fellowship escape where he was like, well, I have to fight this guy anyway. It's like my mission in middle earth or whatever, but uh, I also have to let these guys go. So I'm just going to like, do they have history? I guess is my question. Do he and this particular Balrog have this thing? 
or not not even necessarily like the particular balrog but uh is it like part of his uh original mission in middle earth to like uh rid rid it of this type of critter kind he, of like, like he seemed like he approached it as like equal and equal on the opposite side of uh a, a long-standing yeah. beef i mean um a balrog is like a spirit being like kind of like a demon if you want to think of gandalf as kind of like an angel um or something like that okay so sort of like opposing but similar similar rank sort of like in the spiritual hierarchy i i mean his mission on middle earth is specifically to stop sauron um and this balrog is kind of like independent it's okay you know like this balrog's just kind of hanging out in moria and sort of like if i remember correctly i think the vibe in the book is that the balrog has sort of taken either taken command of the all the goblins and stuff in moria or it's just like it's its own thing that's like fucking with Gandalf and fucking with the orcs and stuff. I, I don't really remember from the books what this Balrog story is, but oh, okay. what Gandalf says to him on the bridge specifically is mostly just he's referencing like the ring that he has. Gandalf has one of the three elvish rings of power. Oh, um, I did not know that. It's what's in his... Galadriel and yeah, Galadriel Elrond. has one and Elrond has one. Um, Elrond, sorry, but they uh, his ring is in his staff in the first staff that he has, um, mm. and he it's specifically like fire based. The magic system in this is never really very uh well explained but it's like vaguely fire based so he has some sort of vague firepower so basically what he's saying to the balrog on the bridge is like i'm a magic guy i've got this fire thing so like you can't do your usual stuff to me like you can't get past me we're evenly matched um Mm. uh you know this sort of just ends here um it's about to go down yeah i mean i kind of think of it as like gandalf in in the back of his mind sort of like he's just kind of been away from his home like the undying lands for a while it kind of like saruman says he's smoked a lot and he's kind of you know you got to kind of think of it as like what would happen to an angel who was on earth like if they kind of forgot angel protocol Mm -hmm. for a while and kind of went native a bit too much and so gandalf kind of is like realizes oh i'll just kind of fight this guy and and it'll end up sending me you know killing me kind of and i'll go back and and regenerate because he kind of has the sense that that's what he needs to do to to Mm. beat Tharmon. so i you know like because that's there's that whole question of why doesn't he like you know try a little bit harder to like get up back on the bridge when he easily could Um, yeah (laughs) i think he's just sort of like yeah i guess i gotta go fucking because it is kind of like his specific mission is to to stop sauron but he's also just he's like oh fuck i gotta deal with this thing now i think he probably knows that that if he has now come across a balrog he needs to go and kill it yeah, and basically. Also, he loses before he falls down his staff and his sword. 
yeah right, fair enough. his staff is is much more important yeah um yeah i think it's just like a leftover balrog from the good yeah it is it is there aren't that just many like of them left out. yeah and so it's kind of an accident um but yeah they're it, kind of on the same of like the org chart of power of tolkien mythology they're on the same level so is saruman and sauron technically but um yeah i think he's just like referencing you know he calls them like flame of unun and you know servant of the secret fire and all that yeah he's <laughs> which is like, pretty like, sick it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just it's like, like it's like saying i know what you are you like, know like it, yeah yeah it's a history that they both know yeah um, right, right 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 yeah and it's like you know there's the the scene when they get and we'll get to this um in a minute but when they get to the florian like legolas is the one who like looks at galadriel and celebrimbor and is like it was a balrog of melkor like he knows what it is because the elves all know the history because they're fucking immortal yeah but like gandalf obviously knew what it was legolas knows what it is because he gets it but the rest of them were just like what the fuck was that thing yeah like, yeah just, yeah yeah everyone probably like learned middle earth history when he was growing up in rivendell and probably like has heard of them but like yeah Aragorn would have heard of them yeah he, yeah he would have known the history but um yeah, because he's singing the Baron and Luthien song in the other extended scene. But yeah, big fan of the Balrog. I don't know if you guys have seen, I think I might have texted it to you, John and Pat, but the viral or semi-viral video from like a month or so ago, the old lady stoked on the Balrog. You see that? Yeah, yeah so, but, uh, here, uh, comes the, here comes the Balrog. Here, here comes the Balrog. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big, big fan of the Balrog and Balrogs in general. Yeah, in general, bro, I, I love them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're pretty sick so, um, wait so are you you're telling me that the balrog and gandalf are both like they're both fire types well they're both called Maya. they're both fire signs yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's the like balrog is totally an aries gandalf <laughs> is a sagittarius yeah. there's two levels of like founding well not founding but like of originary spirits, spirits. yeah of spirits there's spirits called the valar which like are like the ogs and then spirits called the myar which are like sort of their servants right um and in the silmarillion in the old days they all sort of form allegiances and do crazy shit um but generally speaking like gandalf saruman the other wizards sauron the balrog are all Maiar. So they're all like secondary level spirit spirits who are subservient to the Valar, who are off in the Undying Lands, which is like the other half of the world. Yeah. Um, so they're all doing their own thing over here in Middle Earth with elves and men and everybody else. But yeah. So they're of a spirit level, and Gandalf's like Pat said, his his elven ring is like loosely affiliated with the power of fire. It has a little red jewel mm. in it, I believe. I see. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, the, um, and the, the Valar, are they also stamped with this sort of... Uh... No, well, they each have they've sort each... of a trade or a craft. And Pat will yeah. know more about this than I do. They're sort of, they're sort of like an uh, Olympic pantheon type where it's like each mm. one's got a theme. So there's like the there's boss. There's a sea god, a wind yeah. god. Uh, there's there's a like the boss. Thing. Yeah, there's the boss whose name is Monway and he like lives at the mm. top of a mountain and he's like birds and, and sight and the sky and stuff. And there's a you know, a guy named Olbo who lives in the oceans. And, uh, you know, there's like a guy whose name is Mondos who, who lives in the, the underworld. And um, 
predicts like dreams or, or some shit like that. No, that's Lorien. Never mind. Um, but that yeah, that's just a whole. Yeah, it's like sure. it's the, like the Greek gods and any sort of pantheon is just sort of. And this yeah. is getting probably farther into the Silmarillion than I would imagine John <laughs> wanted us to get on the yeah. fellowship. I'm cool with it. Movie oh, yeah. it's good but that's hear. the funniest thing about them. Well, not many of the funniest, but uh, so Iluvatar, the the first Valar who like originates all the other ones sort of from his thought yeah he created elves and men and populated middle earth with them to like one day awaken <clears throat> and then just randomly another valar the craftsman who i think in fact correct me is olumwe he just fucking created dwarves one day just like because yeah. so they're like, that's they like sprung out of holes in the ground yeah that's why yeah. they're just so like different and weird is because they they weren't created by like the creator it was just like a sub god who was like yeah he's some fucking little craftsman boys and he stuck them everywhere yeah <laughs> it's it's there's all sorts of weird like the great thing about being in the tolkien universe um if 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 you can sort of unidealize it is that you're just kind of hanging out in the brain of like a really floridly crazy guy you know who, who just was that but like applied in interesting ways um but every once in a while there's some weird aspects to that where he kind of like racializes things yeah so there's like a weird like spiritual root like mystical religious like sort of like chosen race versus not chosen race kind of vibe to this whole yeah. story of the dwarf <laughs> children where it's like uh yeah they were made by the smith instead of by Iluvatar, his like the the like god the father type kind of figure in this whole mm -hmm. thing tolkien's yeah. calf like the most catholic person ever so he's got to make this you know somehow pious at the end of the day he's got to make uh, big daddy happy with these yeah, yeah yeah um but so like the dwarves because they weren't created by him like elves and men there's like some sign final sort of like judgment day fate that they're like kept out of like they won't be a Oof. part of it <laughs> oh, <fuck>. um, <laughs> and there's like some sort of like like state like stages of the afterlife or like sequences of like the sequence of events in the afterlife that they're like just like kind of like not clued in on and they're just sort of like less of a life form they're like literally yeah. like less important <laughs> uh, beings in the whole scope of things and he kind of like weirdly like manifests that in the language that the dwarves speak by that language is the only one that he based on his like rudimentary knowledge of like Hebrew and Arabic and Semitic languages. Yeah. <laughs> and so, oh, God. and so like all the Elvish languages are based on like Finnish or Gaelic or, you know, a, a, an old Norse or something like that. And then it's just like, Oh, well, you know, they have Chazadum, all these, you know, like Semitic consonant clusters and, and, and radical word structures. They're and, also so obsessed with mining for riches that they ignore the the goings on in the world. Yeah, up to uh, the point of mining deep enough to unleash an ancient demon. That, <laughs> yeah. That purges all of them out of their mind. Yeah. So there's some, there's some, you know, this is from Europe. Like Tolkien is from Europe. So we got to deal with 
But it's not like the dwarves. Look, the dwarves are not like the fucking goblins in Harry. Yeah, it's true. They're it's not, it's that not even that bad. Yeah, yeah. But the dwarves are like heroes in The Hobbit, and like Gimli is, you know, awesome. And you know, there's there's some unfortunate overtones, but they're not the fucking. Yeah, fair enough. It's it's bad it's, bad. it's worse that he calls people like squint-eyed Southerners and like that whole race of of corsair. Yeah. That, the Haradrim yeah. corsair. Yeah. Uh, like sail on fountain, yeah. yeah, that he just refers to them in the books frequently as squint-eyed southern any sort of continentally European <laughs> man who's just evil as all hell. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say quickly, we all should have seen the JK Rowling thing coming when her response to people asking questions about that goblins being like uh stereotypical. <laughs> you know propaganda images of like jewish people being like oh i never even thought about that yeah. <laughs> just yeah. being like oh i never even would have conceived of like anyone thinking about it that way that <laughs> being like uh do you see though like what you created and how yeah. similar it is and her just being completely oblivious to like the kind of turn that she went on to make this year but i was <laughs> you know it the, these films f- for whatever reason the optics of them don't do anything to do they don't do anything but accentuate that problematic racial element of it yeah where like they don't make any attempt at all to diversify and i think in fact make a much more faithful attempt to like racialize optically in a bigger way to like reinforce the idea that these are like different people but it results then in like the heroes of it being these insane beautiful nordic fair-skinned people fighting these ravenous black-skinned subhuman races and then these like caricature yeah like uh central asian looking you know people in in the haradrum and stuff in a way where i think it's just trying to like sinisterize and then also like diverse and be like okay there's two clear different sides but it doesn't uh it it certainly makes that in the optics of that yeah watching it in 2020 all the all that much more clear i feel like one of the things yeah. that these movies inherit, like, one, like, these movies are the books, but there's also, like, the other half of the formula I kind of think of is, like, the weird sort of video game logic that these movies operate under. Like, Harry Goatleaf getting smashed under the door. Like, the, the prime example of the video game logic of these movies is, like, in the next movie when Legolas, like, skateboards. Yes. Um, like, like or that's, this one, the Casa Doom uh, yeah, the platforming pillar. Yeah, or like, just, yeah. like, the whole, like, the whole setup of them where it's, like, the fellowship of, it's like, Gimli's, like, I'm one class of guy with my yeah. one weapon and Legolas yeah. is, like, 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 these movies are set up in video game style and logic totally. and stuff. And video game fantasy logic always kind of like leans into that racialized it's like weird weird like like i'm to the extent that i think it's just sort of like a a, like a sort of like unconscious trope of this sort of like 
like deep fantasy palette that starts really in Tolkien, but that yeah. has just become sort of like omni. Like there's just sort of like orcs as a conception. They come from Tolkien, but there's just sort of a way that we've come to imagine them that has these weird racialized hangups. And this movie, these movies are just like really like all in depictions of that logic that from the books, from the from video from video games and broader deep fantasy, it's all in on that. And it just is sort of like, we're not gonna do the work of salvaging this. We're not gonna yeah. we're not gonna take this vibe that we're trying right. to realize. You're gonna do it for what it is and, and clean it up. It. Like we do or they just didn't care about that, which I think is well we're also watching it with 2020 lenses, which there's nothing yeah, fair wrong with that. I do like in this type of fantasy thing, like Pat, you're saying when it's like people that look like human beings against people that don't look like human beings, but the people that look like human beings have different races and they all are white actors, then you have to come up with some like maybe more problematic ways to distinguish them between each other. And that's part of this. Also a weird thing about this though, is I think they had it because like we talked about earlier, they had a ton of, local New Zealand and Australian like people to be like extras and stuntman and all that. And I think there was quite a few like Maori and indigenous like actors in this movie, but they were all like orcs or yeah. the witch king, yeah. like this Maori guy who's like in this fucking suit the whole time. And I think yeah. Sauron is the same thing. So like, I agree, Pat, that it's not like Peter Jackson who's going to make this massive, enormous and scale adaptation of these books is not going to, like, do it Hamilton style. Yeah. And, like, cast everybody in a multiracial thing. Not that, you know, yeah, that would not have been interesting, but he's, they're going to do it true to that sense of it. And, you know, Tolkien was writing fucking from the perspective of a, you know, wealthy very religious white european man in a different and 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 let it be said a guy who is like not from the victorian like british empire but is absolutely an inheritor a hundred percent of its like yeah priorities and values and sensibilities which is basically like he was he was born in south africa to a white british (laughs) family like this guy's got like sort of like, like he's Victorian England is like one of the worst places like in the history of humanity. So it's like, <laughs> you know, if you want to take issue with the sort of underlying stuff of this, I would say you're welcome to, but like leave it at, at, at Tolkien's store as yeah. sort of the progenitor of this work and the progenitor in large in most of these fantasy tropes mm-hmm. that all these problems with like, take it take it up with him because you know i mean if you like if you want to dig up his corpse and put it on trial for all for all this stuff i'd say that well that's not what we're doing we were we were in moria (laughs) we were in moria and we got real stuff yeah well no but yeah i think it's fair to talk about it because it just is kind of obvious watching it now and i think that like his whole you know he has the sort of artistic justification and like fantasy as a whole right is the is this kind of fictionalized myth making and the lord of the rings was a, an explicit attempt like middle earth and stuff of him to like you know based on the like nordic epic cultural myths yeah to like write his own for england and i'm like i, I just think 
in the new world that you live in, there's an interesting way to take fantasy in that direction of like, okay, well, we understand these tropes, but it's also worth interrogating. Okay, well, if this is supposed to be this fictitious myth about where we come from, it's conspicuous about how like noble races, all these like beautiful white people. And there's an interesting way to readapt it or, you know, or write new stuff, I think, you know, to be like, okay, well, if that's what fantasy is, if it's this conscious attempt at a fictitious myth-making, you know, well, like, let's, you know, you could diversify it and, like, you can have an interracial set of human heroes and then still, like, a foul, black-skinned evil race, but just, like, if there is just a normal, <laughs> diverse spread of, like, Black people on the good side, so it's, like, not just, like, a complete one-for-one, one, you know, as, as, like, a new thing, but I think it, it is worth you know, interrogating it on that level in light of the world that we live in, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's this. It's definitely there. Yeah. There's a there, um, there, as they would say. But yeah, you're right, we're in Moria. The other thing I wanted to say about Moria is the vibe there in the dwarf city that with all the pillars, mm-hmm. not very cozy, not very no, vibey. It's, like, it's another one of those structures that like Saruman's tower, I was really confused yeah. by on this viewing. I was yeah. like, they don't seem to have a lot of rooms or <laughs> like, like just grand cathedral yeah. rooms made out of hard, like cold stone. Like Oh yeah, <laughs> this this giant room filled with giant pillars. And like, what? Behold the great dwarven city. I I don't know what. Is there supposed to be stuff here other than just pillars? Yeah, it, it seems like just it's a big empty storage space. I thought yeah. that was like the town square. I thought yeah. that that's where yeah. you would have like dances and markets and what have you. Yeah, it's maybe, probably maybe huge, right. and we only saw a little bit of it. Yeah, it would be more populated. Um, or I was wondering maybe like the pillars. Normally, it's like a city. They there's subterranean windows like, yeah. you didn't see anything like that when they were cl- the goblins were like clambering all over them and not they were the goblins not really running in. into anything it no. seems like difficult to navigate though when you do look at the expanse of that shit they show it seems mm-hmm. like that you know how do they move through it so quickly why does gandalf know you know <laughs> the map of moria by the back of his hand like the back of his hand i mean yeah yeah it's kind of just a grid i would get lost yeah also, exactly. shout out to the balrog for saving the fellowship i mean they were toast when they got surrounded yeah. by the goblins True and all the goblins are so scared of the balrog but it still takes the balrog like you know 10 minutes to get to him right he, he really hooked it up yeah. chaotic neutral yeah, it's, it's interesting to me in this scene that the like the orcs are like scuttling up the yeah. like pillars and sealing like bugs. Like they I, have like sticky it. hands or something that they can just like they make like a different sound in this yeah than they do anywhere else. Yeah. Tippy taps. <laughs> I was uh, I re- I want to get uh, a sound effect or something so when I get a text. It, or something it makes the sound that the troll makes when they kill it that's another great of the video game ones i think that's why it's I know. in our heads yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah 
Well, that whole that. scene is video game, dude. I mean, you get Sam there with like the hundred pounds of cast iron that he constantly carries, like yeah, in the head. In the hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Talk about well seasoned. Yeah, the scale of the like, backpacking they do with like the gear, like the, then the ease and stuff is baffling. I also like, you know, Frodo. The mithril doesn't need to be a secret. Like you don't need to scare everybody when you get stabbed by the troll. Yeah, <laughs> and why is Gandalf? Yeah, and and why is Gandalf's reaction just to the fact that he's wearing like thin armor? Like, <laughs> there's more to this Hobbit than meets the, uh, yeah. like. Well, that's they, another Gandalf stoned moment. He doesn't he's have a like, talent. Because yeah. he, yeah. he's 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 like pun intended, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's the extended scene where they're walking through Moria, and Gandalf talks about Mithril. And he's like, yeah. they were mining gold here, they were mining Mithril, and like, you know, Thorin actually gave a Mithril shirt to Bilbo, and Gimli's like, holy shit. A kingly so gift. Makes it make sense, but why wouldn't Frodo just then be like, oh, dude, he, I'm wearing it. I've got he, it. Look at this. Check out my shit. My drip. <laughs> What's Frodo's reason to like, quietly Mithril drip. sulk about it? Dude, I don't know. Fro- Frodo's just he's he's already kind of just in pouty frodo he you're seeing yeah. the flashes of it now yeah but yeah. he just it, lays there and plays dead with a bruise on his chest like why does i mean he, he he got he's just fucking, like i don't want to fight anymore ran, ran by that dude he got the wind yeah. out of him i mean even hard. if that if the mithril prevents it from piercing him mm. like that's a bunch of broken ribs. That he, troll fully sure. winds up and yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, you sure. can tell that they stick it under Elijah Wood's armpit. Yeah, <laughs> so when he like falls down, you're like, well, that didn't actually hit him. Like he should be fine. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's got that Moria Gucci, dude. It really, a, I, I didn't realize it was that strong that it could just until I, I mean I've seen this movie before, but I didn't realize Mithril was that fucking strong. It's yeah. magical. You would think that they would have, I've never thought of this before, but you think it, that would be a setup for like it saving Frodo's life like at least one other time in the series, but it just for doesn't. Sure. Yeah. It uh, does not matter. It does not come into play after then. Other yeah. than what like, does the Girathungal taking yeah. it, that shiny shirt. That's like, my shiny shirt. That's my shiny shirt. <laughs> it's going to the eye. <laughs> um, with everything else. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Shout out Moria, big fan. Shout out Moria, my Shout Moria out to the, the the Pippin Burns. That's my last Moria thought. There's two great Gandalf fucking just ripping. Oh yeah. And the first one is the extended scene when Gandalf can't get into the door, uh, and Pippin says something like, "Well, how do you get in?" And Gandalf's like, "Well, I'm gonna bash your fucking head against it. And exactly. If the break. At least I won't have to listen to you anymore." Exactly. <laughs> he totally carries Did with it. him that energy of like, "I'm about to like bust yeah. some fucking Pippin head behind me." Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm about to fucking <laughs> bust a nut. Yeah. And then the classic <laughs> fool of a took. Yeah. Yeah. Throw Not yourself in next time. The skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After that happens, and like the drums you know starting up like that's a very cool scene before yeah yeah oh yeah absolutely that builds the, the anticipation and then you're Holy like oh, anticipation. oh fuck i'm gonna come they have a cave troll it builds oh they have a cave troll yeah. oh yeah that's pretty great we yeah, all love it's it it's really like the first fight that you get yeah 
It's crazy to think about that. Like, Weather top. Yeah, that's not much of a fight. That doesn't though. count the same. This skirmish. is like everyone, they like square up, you know? They like, oh, we're drawing our bows now. We're like firing yeah. shots yeah. at first. And then it's like, you know, seeing we the get that in action. We yeah. get that orc that gets shot right in the head Love and it. hits that yeah. fucking face and like <laughs> buzzes like a cockroach. Just, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, you get it all. And it's truly set up, you know, like, do you, you remember that level in the game? Because it's such a perfect video game level. And the scene is set up and plays out like a video game, you know? Like, you can, uh, one thing I wrote down is you can kind of, like, just, you can do, like, a play-by-play um, from, uh, for every sort of fight scene in this movie, you know? Like, yeah. you can do a color commentary and like describe you know fucking from the cave troll to like when they all come and go to like the fucking um shooting them with the arrows the first guys through the door do they break through and you're cutting them all down and it's so ridiculous to think that nine guys like and four of them are hobbits kill like that many orcs yeah with like and no like, losses that yeah. cape troll i remember like there's that extended scene where legolas is dodging the cave troll as he wraps the chain around the pillars yeah dude and tries to get him and that's what you do in that level in the game <laughs> yeah is you dodge X. around the you know like it's so video game and you know the the constraints of the era in which they made these range Peter Jackson into uh, only a few scenes of that. And and we saw in the Hobbit when he was fully unconstrained, he would just make an insane video game movie. And yeah, and we, were, we were lucky that he was reined in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I guess in this sense with those sort of confines, it does like that, that it does serve him in making these, bigger combat sequences like followable i think to yeah like because he breaks them down into like little video game sequences or formations or like Mm -hmm. contraption like they're all like contraption based you know Um, yeah and they're all put together and like shot and executed and edited in with such like meticulous obvious construction and detail that like every you know even though it's quick you know from like the biggest part of it to like the smallest part of it you can follow exactly what's going on and it kind of feels participatory in that way so when the fellowship finally takes down the cave troll you're like yeah fuck yeah yeah we did it my guys that was hard for you guys to do everybody everybody played a little part yeah, everybody plays a little part. It's really satisfying. We get to see how the team teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really satisfying. All the little details, you know, the play-by-play, all executed yeah. perfectly. So you see the whole kind of flow. But I guess a lot of the fight scenes, like battle scenes in these movies, um, you, to buy them, you do have to buy the orcs, like how likely it is that they'll blow a huge numerical advantage like 
yeah, we do kind of have to up. see nine dudes against an endless swarm and the nine dudes kind of like fight them all to a draw. Cause like we do need to guess kind of like go in and being like, okay, these orcs are really just, you just cut through them. Like they're really, yeah. Just, yeah. It's really like can. a 30 to one. Yeah. Like, you know, for an Aragorn, it's probably even higher. Yeah. And really, yeah. not to jump ahead, but the end of this movie is sort of the biggest example of that. Yeah. And the, I, and I, on hand. And I'm like, this also comes from the universe where you have a character like Hurin killing so many enemies on the battlefield that he gets crushed by like the sheer weight of the thou- their thousands of bodies. I will say mm-hmm. that something very similar actually happened to King John II of France during the Hundred Years' War. <laughs> he didn't get trapped under the like weight of the bodies of the Englishmen that he slayed, but he did, you know. Had trouble out. wading out of there. Well, like, just, like, he, like, charged and, like, was fighting with his son and they were, like, ended up being the only two guys there and they just fought until they were just, like, surrounded and, co- mm-hmm. like, like so covered in the blood of their uh, felled enemies that they couldn't fight anymore and then a bunch <laughs> of English dudes could just, like, pin them and, and kidnap them. Wow. But they killed a lot of Englishmen that day. Yeah, so they did a Legends. commendable thing. Yeah, they did a commendable thing. <laughs> Out, out King John. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Putting King, <laughs> capital K, bro. King, my King. Uh, should we leave Moria behind? And... Yeah. So yeah, we lose Gandalf. We're out. Of, that uh, I love that scene where they're all just kind of like scream crying in montage yeah. outside. Yeah. Of for a Dude, bit. there's some great face like cry faces made by these yeah. actors. Oh yeah. yeah. I think it's number two to when they realized at the very end when it goes from like, oh my God, they did it to like, oh shit, Frodo and Sam are in that explosion. Yeah. yeah. In terms of like slow motion cry faces, like I think this is number two. Yeah, these are great. <laughs> Mary and Pippin especially. <laughs> the yeah. face acting in this movie, man. Give them a moment, please. Shout out Aragorn just being like, nope, we gotta get nope. to go. Like, We gotta go. The psychopath. Yeah, those elves will protect us. We need to yeah. get to the woods. I like all the scenes in Lothlorien. The the Lothlorien vibes are pretty impeccable, I've got to say. I really like them too. And there's way more of them in the extended edition. Like you get a whole, mm-hmm. in the theatrical, it's like them walking and then like Gimli doing his whole like, I'm so clever and then walks into the, the arrow. Yeah, always funny. always funny, always funny. The eyes of the, the hawk and the ears of the fox. Yeah. <laughs> but then... In the extended, you get the whole like. There's a whole extended sequence of, uh, I think his name's Haldir, right, Pat? The yeah, yeah, Haldir like talking to Aragorn and like not being fucking down with them being there, and they're all just like chilling while Aragorn tries to like <laughs> negotiate with Haldir to like even just let them into the Florian. And then Gimli starts beefing. Gimli starts beefing. Hey, yeah, hard <laughs> yeah. with some serious anti-elf sentiment Dude, they've got yeah uh, they've got some differences <laughs> got some cultural differences yeah they do and what i like is it, what does he say again what does it translate to i don't remember yeah it's something like uh you know kiss my ass or you know something un- unpleasant remember, but... yeah <laughs> at one nope. point he says we could have shot 
the dwarf in the dark he breeds in a lab that's savage yeah but then Gimli gets really salty and I can't remember but then you get Haldir like walking around a little bit and showing them like the central tree and he's like yeah. the home of Celebrimbor and Galadriel and then Galadriel starts speaking in everybody's brain and fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah. them. Just, like, one a at a time, time with it. there's like one at a individual like zoom ins to their eyes as she like speaks yeah. her head. And Kate Blanchett is doing some real like <laughs> yeah like you know, <laughs> shooting her eyebrows every time it yeah. comes it's, it's like oh I'm talking to Frodo now. and then oh I'm talking to Sam now you know it's like <laughs> but what do you think that room is they're all just standing there silently like what the fuck yeah that was just gonna like yeah, it's so also... gonna be like she's talking in all of our heads right now, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she'll she'll talk into your head while she's talking to you with her yeah. mouth. So you're yeah, like, they do them at the what? same time. So yeah. what? Can you? Yeah. I didn't make and out either one. <laughs> and she'll do some weird tones, like it, it, you know, she'll just oh, and there were not, you know, in her in her, but then when, yeah. when she your head, she's one who has seen the eye. You know, yeah. she, she really chews the scenery when she's to, like, you know, she really does the and, uh, telepathy. And you know, she really kind of, you know, big leagues uh, her husband, Caleb Rimbor, right at the beginning there, in case you like yeah. have any doubts about who the real, you know, uh, who wears the pants in their relationship. Caleb Rimbor, right away, is just like, Where's Gandalf? Like, I needed to talk to Gandalf. Yeah, it's like you did. You didn't tell him earlier, Galadriel. Well, tell me where is Gandalf? But it was just like he's he's cast into shadow. Like I can't see him. It's like, oh, yeah, she knew. Like, what are you asking (laughs) about, man? I have to say, both of the actors for Haldir and uh, you know, now that we think it's, I can't remember if it's Celebrimbor or Celeborn. It's one of the two. I think it's Celebrimbor. Um. Both of those actors, uh, him and Haldir, these guys do not look like elves. Yeah. Like, I hate to, <laughs> to say it, but Haldir and Celebrimbor, these guys have, like, puffy faces, and it looks like they're, like, not in great They're a little shape. bloated. Yeah, they're, they're like, a little more bloated, bloated than a lot elves, of elves. And they're, like, not, I don't know, they look like the oafs of the elf world. <laughs> A little more Rohan to them. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. they look like uh, they look like Aomer. Like yeah, exactly, like... that's what I was thinking. But Pat, I will say we we were wrong, and this is embarrassing. It is yeah. Celeborn. Celebrimbor made the Elven Rings. Like, okay, there we go. So he was a guy, you know. Yeah, he was a guy, but I do. He's the guy. He's the guy who made the door outside of Moria. Yeah, he's the guy he who made wrote the, the door. Inscription. He made the three rings that um, Galadriel, Elrond, and Gandalf. Yeah, I always get those two mixed up. Which Kill is why their rings... And this is something that they never really explain in the movie because they make it sound like all of the rings are like... They're like three for the elves, seven for the men, or nine yeah. for the men, and then the men turned into raids. But like, it's like, that's why Sauron can't control the elven rings is because they were made by Celebrimbor, not by Sauron. So they're rings of power, but they're not beholden to... Oh, so that's just a little yeah. side note because we got the names wrong. So apologize, apologize to the really Tolkien steeped listener out there. Yes, who's <laughs> incensed right now? He's just been in, the whole time. Every time we've said Galadriel and Celebrimbor has just been like, just oh, been, I guess they were in the yeah. same age. Like it's just freaking out. Yeah, he's yeah. getting upset at us. Yeah, <laughs> sorry yeah. to that non-existent person. 
<laughs> Jonathan Wolf, dude. Yeah, it was a total Tolkien head who was just like pissed this whole time. Like they said Sindar and they meant Tengwar. Be like, oh man, yeah. oh, man. yeah, sorry, bro. That'd be sick. Stay out of my DMs. Stay out of my mentions. But I know what you mean about the vibe in Lothlorien. It just seems like more ambiguous, and I get like it's not just impeccable in a good way, but also in like kind of a disturbing way. You know what I mean? No, what? Explain what you mean. It looks cozy. It, like it at a certain point, it looks cozy. You lay your bed down underneath a tree in a root system, um, but the rest of it is all like kind of dark and gloomy and blue. And there's this like, you know, Gimli's going on about there being some sort of witch of the woods there, and like you don't know if that's a good <laughs> thing or a bad thing. Yeah, it's almost uh, always then, a bad thing. Yeah, and you're you know like the the vibes are you'll go just to experience it, but you're not going to be fully sure of how impactful. It's a little it more it's a little more alien of a play of an environment than than even Rivendell. You know, Rivendell oh, yeah. is like oh Elven, but it's like you know it's a little bit Fall. it's like a city there's like buildings and stone and and it's mm-hmm. hewn from the mountains or whatever and then go like you know they're just sleeping out in these like kind of half outside half tree yeah. shelter you know it's 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 a little more uh you know um yeah for sure. it's like I would, being in I outer would sleep I, I would rather stay in Lothlorien than Rivendell I, I, same, I'd rather same. live there I I think the tree the, the 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 tree elf lifestyle really appeals to me but they I mean they live like under the midnight darkness of the canopy constantly like where you yeah, get your sunlight that's kind of cool I guess so well no I mean but they get it's light there during the day Come on now. Does it bleed through? It's, just, dim. it's sure. just a little. There's a lot, lots of shade, and I love shade. Yeah. Okay. You know this about I me. Know. You are. T- <laughs> I'm obsessed. You'll do with anything it. for some shade. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, in Lothlorien, this is where we do get to see Galadriel take Frodo to the pool or whatever. I don't uh, know if that yeah. has a name or some significance, but then we're <laughs> and uh, get offered the ring and give the classic uh, instead of a dark lord you should have a queen yeah that's a great speech yeah beautiful and terrible as the dawn it's really incredible that they got all of these actors to be this on board for this ridiculous of stuff yeah like they got her to go record that with all of the crazy inflection so that they could like pitch it down a whole bunch and yeah. stuff and yeah. <laughs> add all the se- turn her yeah. like blue and bug out her eyes and turn her all crazy and like the <laughs> there's there's moments where the kind of Tolkienian the classic Tolkienian like grandiose dialogue just does not sound organic at all. (laughs) And this is one of them. And I think Kate Blanchett really pulls off screaming about being, you know, terrible as the dawn. Like, yeah, but it's just, you don't, you don't hear people really talking that way that often. Unfortunately, I would say I would love to meet somebody who refers to themselves as treacherous as the sea. <laughs> yeah, do you know? Do you know like the whole thing that she says there? Because it's great. Instead of a dark yeah. lord, 
instead yeah, of instead a cork, of a... you would have a queen not dark but terrible and beautiful as the dawn not dark but beautiful and terrible as the dawn treacherous as the sea um stronger than the foundations of the earth is what all shall yeah. love me in despair yeah all shall love me in despair <laughs> yeah God, damn Which dude. Is such a vibe dude yeah that is just that last that vibe. is a vibe and to to like know that confidently about yourself to yeah. be like <laughs> if i take this magical item that's what i will become yeah. and i well, have then- the the wherewithal to be like ah no I passed, the test. I passed the test yeah exactly it's like a huge moment for her she comes out of it and yeah. she's like i'll remain glad i'll go to the gray havens like i'll head back to you know the undying lands and like that's it like she's it was like a watershed moment for her either she turns into this crazy yeah it's <laughs> like keeps on keeping on i'm sure that yeah. was the like traumatic though for frodo like she could have chosen someone else to keep <laughs> yeah. as her audience for that like this fucking little kid hobbit like yeah you know yeah, he had for sure that, like, well, because he's like you seem responsible would you like the ring and then she's like <laughs> and then she fucking freaks out i'd be scared yeah. shitless like frodo probably shat himself i yeah. never uh-huh. relate harder than to Frodo when he's trying to give people the ring, like Gandalf yeah. and Galadriel. <laughs> yeah. Because the energy of just like, can you maybe just take care of this for me? Like, yeah. that's that's his most relatable energy. He even kind of tries to give it to Aragorn at the end. And yeah. Aragorn closes his hand. He's like, would you, like, you're not Boromir, right? Like, would you maybe want it? Like, I'm... <laughs> yeah. He's testing them. Testing the waters. Yeah. 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 Not saying you have have to feel obligated or anything but like, would you ever want to like like if you wanted it like take I'd the rain for me like even if you didn't destroy it if you just made it so that it wasn't my responsibility anymore yeah i don't really care yeah. what you do with it i just want to be like hey guys yeah. i give it to him he said he was gonna take care of it <laughs> i'm just back at the shower like waiting it out yeah yeah i just don't really want it to be my direct personal responsibility yeah. thank you very much if i could avoid that that would be very tight. Um, I also, let's see. Um, I wrote something about man flesh here. Oh, because we get to see some uh, Urukai stuff. Urukai montage yeah. and stuff. And Saruman is like, you will taste man flesh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As we Tonight get to know, they, they he get gets them all with... riled up and sends them out. Tells yeah. them that, you know, the halflings, have the halflings have something very dear, alive and unspoiled. Bring them back um, to me, alive and unspoiled. Yeah, that's a pretty <laughs> good Urukai moment. I think I confused it in my brain with the one in the second where he's like riling up the group of like wild hill men. Oh yeah, oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Taking your lands and turning your people into the hills. Yeah, that's the scum living off rocks. Yeah. I forgot about that. I'm excited to watch that again. Yeah. I love those uh, guys, I, the crazy yeah, hill man. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be a good one. Pretty, but I like when he gets Eric riled up here. I like. Yeah. It's a good like. All right, now there's fucking bad guys out there. Yeah. Um, and I like the scene right after in the extended edition, at least, where you get the the like gifts one by one from Galadriel to everybody. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was going to talk about because. Also, there we get uh, they talk about lumbus bread mm-hmm. and how much they're eating and how much you just a small 
nibble should fill your belly, but Mary and Pippin have eaten so much of it. And I'm like, do you think if you eat a bunch of lemon bread, you have like really firm shits? Yeah. Like really difficult. Probably. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I think yeah. you're going like horse or like deer pellets at that point. It's like fibrous. Yeah. It would basically grass. Open. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it would I don't know. You don't have Mary or Pippin. They ate like yeah, you know, like they ate a lot of that shit. Ten percent of all of it in a moment. Yeah, yeah. I hope. I hope great, they, great little chucked, stupid moment. Yeah, I hope they chucked a little something green on top, maybe or a banana or something, just to kind of help eat, eat that leaf <laughs> that it comes wrapped in. Yeah, to yeah. help ease the looking leaf. It's a delicious looking fucking leaf, though. I was gonna say to help uh, to help ease their passing, as Gimli might say. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well done. Yep. Classic. Yeah. Classic. I would say, yeah, we love. I love the uh, scene of Galadriel walking down the row of the Fellowship, giving them gifts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very obsessed with it. There's. <laughs> Uh, one moment that I wrote down is there's like a great moment where uh, she gives Mary and Pippin some daggers. Totally. And she, what does she give Sam? She gives Sam rope. this rope, and he's like, "Anyway, I could get one of them daggers." And Have you run just, out of those nice shiny daggers? And and he, she just like smiles at him and ignores and just him, walks away, and yeah. moves down to the next person down the line. And it's so funny that what? that. So she just doesn't even respond. The next know? person too is Gimli, and she literally is just like, "I don't know what to give you, dwarf. Like I know so little about you. Like what do you want? Like she doesn't know what to give him. He asks for three locks of her hair. Yeah, or he asks for one, which is its own huge. And Pat can provide more on this, but that um, it's a good it's huge, huge deal coming from the Silmarillion, where like way back in the day. Uh, this guy asked for a lock of her hair and she turned him down and he asked twice more. So three yeah. times, he said no each time. And he like went crazy and like stole the light from the trees that lit the world. One of the great cuts. Turned them into the Silmarils. <laughs> like, led he to got Joker-fied. Yeah, one of like, the great. Wars. Yeah, so like. The, one like, of the great insults of the of omission. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, like one of the foundational like wars and like pivotal moments in like the history of middle earth was based on galadriel refusing to give this guy a piece of her hair and then gimli totally ignorant of that history asks for a piece of her hair and she gives him three instead of one so there's yeah. a great human gimli in the extent of like the ultimate cucking of fan or like it's <laughs> like it's been thousands and thousands of years later yeah a couple yeah. ages later gets it's been yeah. dead for a long ass time but for her to be like oh yeah i'll give this random little grunty <laughs> dirty lesser <laughs> form of life like three of yeah. my it's interesting on. we got off on that tangent here because the note that i wrote down for that is gimli simp <laughs> elf elf girl bathwater dude i was just about to say gamer girl hair dude yeah yeah, yeah. G- gimli Galadriel is his e girl, and uh, you know, for it, he's a he's a yeah. sub, and all, all he wants is uh, three three hairs. Off it's a pretty tough his, ask. Off his yeah. the head of his e girl. <laughs> um, like from her hairbrush, Jesus. 
or whatever. Did. I don't know. Or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. He <laughs> asked her for bath like... water first, but he didn't. He, he wanted to ask for that, but he thought that might be too hard of a sell. Well, he also in the I think in the books he says he tells Legolas that he's gonna like set them each into a piece of crystal as like a symbol of like the friendship between their races. Yeah. Uh, but I just like given that history when when he says what he got and he doesn't get it and Legolas kind of looks at him like, oh damn. Yeah. It's like yeah. a good foundational piece of Elvish history. It's, you got your fucking bathwater, my man. <laughs> <laughs> Drink up. <laughs> um, love to see it. You do love to see it. They're on these cool rowboats. We get to see one of the great visuals in the series, those giant statues of Gondor. That is a great visual. Yeah. Uh, Aragorn's kin or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. The old kings of the original united kingdom right pat yeah i can't remember if they're those guys or i think they're still far enough north that they're the kings of the arnor. previous northern kingdom of the edine or the dunedine yeah. which was arnor, arnor uh, yeah. which was you know conquered by the witch king a while back um oh there out. you go shout out yeah. to the witch king which is why shout he's the witch to... king of arnor is what they yeah. call him that um but yeah, I think they're for, they're from that kingdom. I think they're the kings of the north. It's but, like almost the northern border of the of that whole area. But, sick, yeah, yeah. And you got the so red here, guy like running alongside them. Here we get uh, another iconic video game transition on Boromir's shield. Yep. <laughs> uh, what do you call this place? Where they're at, because I I've never really known how to refer to this scene just then as like the Urukai's fighting scene in the bushes. Aim on hen. Aim on hen. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, one of the great scenes, dude. Uh, <laughs> obsessed with aim on hen. I love it. I love Boromir <laughs> trying to take it the ring from Frodo initially, and yeah. he's like trying to play it off all cool. He's like, "Why do you spoil? <laughs> I am no thief." He's, like, his vibe then is uh, I think they call that big mad now. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like uh, you can say yeah. It's big mad. Curse you and all the halflings. <laughs> like, he just trips and falls big and then mad. wakes okay, up. Okay, boomer. Like... He uh, Frodo has a great line where he's like, "I know what you would have me do. It would seem like wisdom, save for the worrying of my heart." Which is like really what I want to say the next time someone is like trying to get me to take a drink or something, and I'm a little, <laughs> and I want to like turn them down and just be like, I know you would have me do. It would seem like wisdom, but for the worrying of my heart, uh, it's a pretty good line. Um, yeah, Boromir eats shit real hard, gets a bunch of leaves stuck in his stringy little old dreads. Yeah, he gets and, a lot of leaves in his hair. Well, yeah. his, his emotions go through a lot right here because then he immediately starts crying and has regret over it. Like he's just snapped yeah. out of something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's going pride. through some he's real really... aggressive mood swings. For sure. That yeah. man, yeah, Tough. could use some, some therapy. Tough yeah. look my guy, Boromir. Tough moment for him. Um, Tough couple of moments for him, really. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that day you're right. The day, day doesn't get the day doesn't get much better for old Boromir. He kind of, <laughs> I mean, he redeems himself technically. Um, no, it doesn't improve. But <laughs> I really like the scene where after Frodo runs away from him, 
which first of all, if you're Aragorn and you're like supposed to be keeping an eye on shit and all you did was bring the boats ashore, how do you lose Frodo and Boromir yeah. in that like five minutes? They're just like, yeah. wait, how do you? Well, I think they went out ostensibly looking for firewood. I think Boromir did, but like Aragorn didn't know that because he looks over and sees his shield and gets all worried. But like, yeah, that's true. how do you keep letting Frodo out of your sight solo? One. Yeah. That dude's like, Sam's got to be on that dude like Wadon Rice. Like, Sam's got to be the body. <laughs> like, Frodo can't wander off. But I like after he runs away from Boromir and they get to the weird, and this is another video game cutscene, I think, but when they get to the weird little tower in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and he's like looking at the eye with the ring on and then he takes it off and falls flat on his back and is like yeah. back in, in the world and then talking to Aragorn. I was like that. And then the, it's like, how did that whole army of Urukai sneak up to within like 20 yards of Aragorn? Because they're pretty loud. And Until like, we, and yeah, they go from silence to just like the yeah. roaring and clattering of like, oh. Yeah, and Aragorn doesn't even notice <laughs> them. He notices Sting glowing blue and is like, yeah. oh shit. It turns a corner and there's an <laughs> entire There's like a hundred of them. <laughs> yeah. But then one of the sickest moments in the whole movie, in the game for sure, but especially in the movie where he just stands up and then just starts absolutely yeah. shredding Urukai. It's so yeah, yeah. fucking satisfying to watch. And Legless and Gimli show up perfectly like Legless rips one arrow out, Gimli like throws a little axe and they're just like, they're there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the one of the best parts of the video game for sure. The, and the fight scenes and throughout all of these are just like, let's show all of our characters doing sick stuff the whole time. And I'm yeah. I'm super here for it. Absolutely. <laughs> they never really fuck up too bad. Um, and when they, you know, when they do like Boromir, there's always a reason for it. But like, it's great. It's great. It's great watching them kill all these guys and run around through the woods i don't know how mary figures out from a look that frodo's leaving i think does that's not too yeah yeah they're all just like mary's kind of smart go, i guess yeah i mary's think it's always very perceptive sense. it must yeah, just make sense to all of them like oh this isn't really working like everyone's gonna want to try to take it from him at some point yeah yeah we're drawing attention to ourselves or maybe he's seen frodo like Irish goodbye from the bar so many times. He knows that look super. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he knows that sort of whiny, wimpy, like yeah. uh, like little yeah. bitch face from Elijah Wood. He like he's like yeah. he's I, that's like, what he looks wow. like every time. Yeah, he's like Frodo's in the wall. Fucking leaves the bar for Bag End, and he doesn't say goodbye to anybody. Like that's the fucking face. That's the fucking ugly mug he makes. He just knows that uh, he's leaving. I guess I got to go fucking distract these Urukai. Yeah. <laughs> Get my Pardon me. myself kidnapped. Yeah. And the captain, is it Captain Lurtz? That's the head of this Urukai horde. Is there any name on uh, that guy? Does he have a name? I That's thought... a pretty good name. I'll, I'm down to call him that anyway. Captain Lurtz? Yeah. He's always yeah, been Captain Lurtz to me. I just like to think of Lutz from 30 Rock in an Urukai costume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm man, here for it, though. His final battle that with Aragorn yeah. is absurd. Like, there's this really amazing is, uh, shit. Like, I mean, the shield fight. throw. Yeah. The yeah, we got to get tight. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the fight where I wrote down the note about how it's like you can call a lot of these sort of play by play. 
Yeah. You know, this Aragorn versus this guy fight. And and also this in general where he fights uh, Formir and stuff too. It's all just all there for you, you know, um, yeah. to like follow each step of it and be engaged by it. And then, yeah, Aragorn finally wins and it's and it's sick. I do love the Uruk-hai yelling, find the halfling! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're skipping over Boromir's big moment. Oh, yeah. And him, yeah. That one guy is about to, you know, cleave Merry and Pippin with a big old axe. Yeah. And then fights them all off. And, you know, the, the, the one arrow at a time. And they're, you know, big, fat, fucking wooden arrows. They like show them to you. And Boromir keeps, you know, fighting in slow motion and hollering a lot and blowing his horn. It's like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my question is, yeah. was that the only bow that they could find in Isengard? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why didn't the other? Like, the way they learn from it, they bring more, like, missile weapons to LSD. They overcompensate, arguably. Yeah. But, like, is that like he's like the only guy who learned how to do that before it has to have been it has to have been really in the nascent stages of like the military development of isengard because you know what would have absolutely helped them win is fucking wargs and the warg riders like yeah riders at aim on hand and the fellowship's done and the ring is found yeah man saruman the project not the an effective guy. Not an not effective guy. Uh, the project leads at our Isengard, you know, got the troops home and started getting the feedback on the ground and uh, from Amon <laughs> Hen. And well, learned, they did get uh, the yeah. feedback. Well, no, they got after Amon Hen. And no, learned, they all okay, end up getting you know, slaughtered by... Uh, that's true. They'll eventually Amir. get ground up by the riders of Rohan. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Or Fanghorn Forest. You know. Yeah, one or the other. Which I have some questions about the specific uh, group of orcs that are there, but I think we should address those in the two towers rather than getting bogged yeah. down in it now. Better not get bogged down, you know. <laughs> hour <laughs> fucking four <laughs> of the podcast. Better not get bogged down. Right Shout out to Boromir. You know, Boromir's a real one. Yeah, you learn more about him in the later the later installments. You know, tough life, daddy issues. His yeah. dad's a real piece of garbage. He was just trying to do good by Gondor. Wasn't his fault. He was weak. You know, any one of us would have tried to use that fucking ring and ended up getting ourselves killed. You know, shout out my man Boromir. Sure. And right. uh, Aragorn takes his uh, his wrist armor, which I had never really noticed before. Oh, but he grieves. Yeah, Boromir has these like, you know, wrist armor things, and then you see Aragorn right before at the end he gives Gimli and Legolas the like, let's go hunt some orc speech, and he's like putting him on. He like took Boromir's little armor, ah, yeah, which I had never oh, noticed yeah. before. But uh, well, and he, nice he must have taken the horn to deliver to Denethor, right? No, they find it washed up on the shore. Oh, yeah, okay. there's a lot there that doesn't make any sense in terms yeah. of Boromir's body not moving as it goes over the <laughs> yeah waterfall and the whole probably just cool. drifting around everywhere, like perfectly <laughs> intact. Yeah, like, it, even if he somehow doesn't fall out of that boat, it's gonna stink and it's gonna be a problem by the time it washes ashore in Gondor. Yeah, yeah. Like, the curved horn is you know cleaved perfectly in two. You know. Yeah. Those are those. It's 
some nits to leave be at least for the fellowship. I love the whole Amon Hen battle. I love the Aragorn one on one with uh, whatever we decided to call it Colonel Lutz or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Colonel Lutz. Shout it's out really to like Lutz. pulling him closer on the sword is like a fucking. <laughs> when you know, when you know that you're like when you've been rammed through by a sword and you know that like you're kind of already on the way out. That's definitely like the best kind of like consolation prize is to grab the sword yeah. with your hands and, and like just, slide it further. Stick your tongue at the guy. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah and be like, "Fuck you, man." It's a totally because this is like the one of only two times I can think of in the whole trilogy where we see Aragorn like remotely compromised in a in a combat sequence. Like yeah. this is the only time he, he gets pressure put on him until the troll is stomping on him sort oh, of in front yeah. of the black gate, you know, like between Which, then and now, he, he personally will have no problems in in a like the no, the dude. broader fight will have some problems, but he is not that no one puts pressure on him except this guy and, the, and that troll. The perfect example of that, not to jump way ahead, because I imagine it'll be several episodes before we get to this. But Helm's Deep, everything falls apart in Helm's Deep, and he's like one on forty five, yeah, like, ripping a ladder down into the crowd, jumping out in front of the gate, like. Yes, he, he, he can't beat on, this guy. This is a big man, <laughs> dude. He had a new lease on life. I mean, yeah, he, he, just, a, he had a near death experience. Yeah, he, yeah. that's true. Him out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but man, yeah, my man Captain Lurtz falling on yeah. the sword like a real one. Before we, uh, yeah, before it, before it ends, though, we get, uh, a funny bit of uh, Sam having and Sean Aston doing some of just the weirdest drowning acting, <laughs> yeah. like Sam yeah. struggling in this thing. And I don't know if it's something about the perspective or, or whatever, or the littleness of the hobbits that they're doing intentionally, but it's just like Sam goes not that far out. And then yeah. it goes and he's just, smart. it's such an abyss. And it's <laughs> so he's just like, <laughs> flailing and can't go and i'm like is that because he's so little and the water's like 10 feet deep and he can't go but like him just like going out and being like yeah i'm gonna make him save me he knows i can't swim like right. it's such a gamble and i'm like if fredo just didn't care about sam that much just like, yeah. or right. if it's just like tried to but just like could it it was just like too far away you know sam weighed too much or something yeah it's sam's just... a thick king already and he's got all these cloaks and pots and pans he's got and yeah. down. skillets and shit like yeah, fredo got that upper body strength though Sam's being pretty fucking dramatic here. Yeah, yeah. For real. To really be like, I can't swim. I'm just gonna fucking like. What's the alternative? You hang out with Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. Like, not yeah. that bad. You'll be fine. And I'd also to act like I'd have more fun doing that. Yeah. To, to act like this. Oh, this. Oh, you don't lose him. It's like some big sacred. It's like you've been losing him the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Damn. You haven't been taking it that seriously until right now. Go off. Like. <laughs> You're totally right. Where were you when Boromir was trying to fucking steal? Yeah, when he just just fucking walked off like 20 minutes ago. And the amount of time you've been either asleep or eating. Up late. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Constantly showing up late, being there like, oh shit, Frodo, where'd you go? I'm gonna save you. And it's like, bro, if they wanted him, they would have got him. I guess he (laughs) saves him once. 
Kirith Ungol or whatever, but that, that comes later. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's that's kind of where it ends. Uh, Gandalf, I mean, Gand- yeah, Gandalf is dead. Uh, Aragorn and uh, Gimli and Legolas are going to go get Merry and Pippin. Uh, they're not going to condemn their friends to torment and suffering or whatever. And uh, so they go out to get them. Frodo and Sam are going into Moria by themselves. I mean, into uh, Mordor by themselves. And uh, that's where we're at, where the, the, the fellowship has been fragmented, mm-hmm. you might say. It's been splintered. It's been split up. And uh, we're going to pick up some uh, strands in the next movie. I remember uh, Spider was unsatisfied at the ending of this movie. <laughs> he wanted more? <laughs> but, like, just a, a, as a conclusion in general, I think he was, like, uh, he was just kind of like, us. Oh, so now they just have, like, a bunch more stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Was but he also, uh, it, when I asked him to describe the plot for me the day after we watched it, he was, like, uh, he described um, kind of the plot through the Council of Rivendell and then said, and then basically everything from then on was a UPS delivery as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which is not 100% wrong. No, you know? <laughs> But, uh, you know, any, anyone got any kind of closing, uh, concluding? uh thoughts in the in the court system brendan what would they call it here uh final final statement what do they call closing it? argument closing argument anyone got a closing argument about uh fellowship of the ring the the extended edition here there so not only are the people in it the characters in it smoking a shitload of weed but i think also behind the scenes those stuntmen <laughs> that they got to play the orcs were probably yeah. smoking mad kush and just like working on their, yeah they were just screaming at each other the craziest things and that's <laughs> what made it into the script it, yeah i guess my closing statement is i never realized that the two things that i enjoy the most about these movies are weed and screaming yeah. <laughs> yeah, we Crow yeah. and I connected on realizing that that was our favorite part about it uh, two or three years ago, or maybe a little there longer. We were watching him at the Brick House and really resonated with all the orcs yes. more than anybody yeah. else. Yes, the orcs, the grummy, the grubby brie folk. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the the sort of uh, indulgent, uh, you know, sort of gluttonous uh, <laughs> hobbits, you know. The the, yeah. the flesh and blood folks, the sort of heroics of uh, of these high class, you know, warrior elites, uh, not, not, doesn't have the the pull to uh, that it used to, uh, you know. They certainly don't have the charm of a of a Harry Goatleaf, for example. No, 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 no. That's what I was gonna say. Is just shout out to uh, Bree and the Shire. Um, I I feel like I could spend the rest of my life chilling in the Shire. Uh, I'd probably even be willing to become a tiny person to do it. I, I like their speed. I like their style. I really like what they're all about. Um, generally, you can I, play I golf. You could still play golf, Brendan, because it's canon that hobbits not only play golf, they invented golf. Fucking perfect. So they pretty much are little yeah. Scotch Irish fuckers <laughs> who just live in holes and 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 hang out hard, which I can get behind. Um, I generally really like the extended scenes of this movie. I think, like we said at the at the top of the first one, 
it's the one that at least John Pat and I are the least familiar with extended wise. Yeah. But I like that they, they give so much more context to some of the different things that you, that otherwise aren't really a part of them. This movie, like the, the broader, like Gondor is failing. Boromir is big mad at Aragorn for beating <laughs> Aragorn a lot of the time. Um, I like that kind of stuff. I generally think this does a really good job of setting up uh, the two towers and I'm just excited to fucking dive into Rohan and the two towers and yeah, it's very excited about that two towers. A lot of good orc stuff that we're so... we're really ready to kind of sink our teeth into. Oh, I, so I will say about this, stuff. we definitely concluded yes, they are smoking weed in this. I think if I would be one person in this movie, and I forgot to mention him before this, Ooh. I would be the guy who is definitely not just smoking weed, but like kind of drunk the whole time too but the innkeeper at the prancing pony oh, in yeah. free yeah. i forget what that guy's <laughs> name is but he's the guy who they're like have you seen gandalf and he's like who he's like, oh oh gandalf big gray beard for six months <laughs> well also that guy has yeah. like big gray beard pointy hat pointy hat not seen him for six months like, and then also <laughs> the the comical scared scene when the nazgul are yeah. talking behind <laughs> it and he's literally like Wearing a stocking cap, yeah. like a animal. He looks so scared yeah. behind the counter as the fucking Nazgul charge by. I love it. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Mister Underhill. Didn't mean no offense. Yeah, I'd totally be that guy. But yeah, we did. They are definitely getting high. This is a stoned universe, as Pat said. <laughs> uh, conclusively, uh, it's yeah, it was fun going through them in such a detail it's definitely yeah like it's funny how much you can still find new layers to dig a little bit more into and get excited about even now even after all the times that we watched it you know it's telling that the one that we're peeling apart now is just imagining how uh, stoned and uh, crazy degenerate some of these like hermit folk in this movie are (laughs) <laughs> but like you know that's a layer that's there you know it, our, our the layer that we're resonating with now is uh bilbo drinking getting at the gaffer's old brew but that's a layer that's there for sure <laughs> yeah, to resonate sure. with you know yeah. we're, we're, we're reaching that the point where um, that's the one that we're connecting with and i'm really excited about that i'm curious john you said that's who you would be but i think that raises an interesting question i'd like to hear pat and crow um who oh, i'd be movie? i'd be harry Goldleaf for sure I think yeah, the gate because you know it's my job to ask questions after nightfall. <laughs> <laughs> Hobbits, four of them. Four of them. Yeah. Four of them. Oh man! Except the thing that I would do if I was Harry Goatleaf is, uh, it, based on the sound of approaching people, if I thought it was a human, I would always answer the Hobbit door first. <laughs> have to go up. To the <laughs> yes. <laughs> That would be like, like fuck you for assuming, like thinking that I just assume you're in person and I'll help you. You're woke, dude. You're a woke yeah. Harry Gottlieb. Bro, so I'd like to. I have a sneaking suspicion for yours as well, but I'd like to hear it. Is it the crabine from Dunland? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I knew it, you bastard. As a swarm, well, you tell me who you would be. That's just my who I would guess you would pick. Well, it's funny you should mention that because that's exactly what I was thinking. Isn't I there think a guy they, I think they're in the misunderstood. Prancing Pony who doesn't have an eye? There is, yeah. That's who I, you remind me of, crap. 
I I am a one-eyed man. Going like ah. Uh, yeah, that's true. I do like this. Yeah, close yeah. one eye and speak to people with one eye. Yeah, you do that a lot. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I would I would be some conglomeration of like the worst urchins of brie. Yeah, you're one yeah. of the worst urchins of brie for sure. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I wear it proudly, <laughs> but like you know, similar to Crabine from Dunland, that's yeah, the worst urchins of brie are misunderstood. You know, <laughs> they're chaotic neutral. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, I will Brandon. say this though, I I never, um, I never realized until this watching of it that Saruman like was down there speaking a language to these birds. <laughs> like he's down there like saying some shit to them. Yeah, he's like, like giving like, them instructions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like what is that sure. man saying? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of squawking is he doing, uh, <laughs> yeah. Brendan? Uh, which uh, man of Bree or other character? I think, uh, well, there's two that I keep thinking of. There's a, a quick shot of a hobbit when Bilbo's doing the, the like, concerning hobbits. Where it's a very happy, uh, clearly having been drinking a bit, guy who's just, like, polishing a pumpkin. That yeah, he's yeah, yeah them, like, I know what you're talking about. He's, <laughs> like, happy to be a hobbit, happy to be in the Shire. Um, I also uh, felt a strong connection with the, the goblin who does a little 360 jump into the room in Moria and probably gets shot in the head. <laughs> like, yeah, that guy's sick. That yeah. guy's sick. Think about guy his, like, yeah. his sense of confidence and teamwork and like group cohesion <laughs> to be swiftly cut down right as like, literally he does yeah. a cool jump spin into the room and then just takes an arrow right in between the eyes. He thought it was a flash mob. He yeah. was doing like a flip kick or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Empathize with his um, Tenace. His, his defeated sense of optimism. <laughs> like he's Sisyphus at the top of the hill being like, I think I got it. And then the rock rolls over him. On his yeah. <laughs> he's, he's about the, he's sort of like a quixotic yeah. iconoclastic goblin you know yeah. he's gonna so do things his own way goblin. doomed to fail but he's gonna fail in his, <laughs> spectacularly in his own way yeah um but yeah quixotic goblin that's pretty good quixotic <laughs> goblin i like the idea of a quixotic goblin who's just like well why are we trying to kill these people They're yeah <laughs> one of the goblins who tries to think differently <laughs> yeah. you ever wonder if there's more than just fucking conquests and they're like yeah oh. Everything is more than just scuttling around in these caves, swarming yeah. at even the slightest sound we all hear to see if it's somebody yeah. to kill. Yeah. You ever think there's more to life than that? You ever think yeah. if we go outside these walls, there might be some sunshine? You know, if we all form a union and stand up against this Balrog, he won't boss us around. He won't make us all scatter every time he's coming around. Yeah, the uh, Quixotic Goblins Union, I think, is going to run into some problems with the Balrog. Yeah. yeah. Dude, management. Safe. Management. <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Um, well, Pat, Brendan, Crow, I think it's about time we land this fucker. What do you guys think about that? That sounds like a plan. Sounds I think good. it's I think it's surely crossed the four hour total content mark over two parts. So that's Which good. I gotta that say- was- the idea that we would do this for longer than the runtime of the actual <laughs> extended movie is pretty fucking absurd. Yeah, but, uh, it was my goal. I think we brought it in real nice and gentle. 
Yeah. yeah. I think, it, yeah, it was my goal for, for sure. We covered everything that came up, you know, I think we covered it pretty conclusively. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to, to do it again shortly, you know, before too long uh, for two towers and then beyond that for return of the King. I'm having a great time watching them talking yeah. about and about them thinking about them. You know. Yeah, always gets me excited to know I'm going to be watching Lord of the Rings, man. It's never a wrong time to do it. It's a fun assignment for a night to be like, I'm going to take fucking the whole night and I'm just going to watch yeah, Lord of the Rings Yeah, I'm going to take four hours to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Hold my calls. <laughs> yeah. So there's no distractions. A, I'm sitting down and watching Lord of the Rings tonight. There's a decent chance we will give at least like 24 straight hours of our life over the next couple of weeks to Lord of the Rings. Like both watching and and making the podcast. Dissecting. Yeah. Uh, a full day of time. Yeah. Well, we, well, we can adjust that timeline for sure. But <laughs> we will do it over the holiday season to yeah. say the least. Yeah. Um, but yeah. We'll be we're, we'll be doing that. We'll be doing the two towers. We'll be doing the uh, return of the king. Very excited about that. Um, thanks, thanks again for coming on, Pat. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, thanks again, Brendan. Looking forward to doing more two towers up next. Nice. Do you guys have anything you want to plug? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Plug. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I've, I've plugged relatively recently on here, so I'll I'll start. That's true. Everything. Go back. I'll plug. Uh, go back and listen to uh, 9-11-2. Classic episode. Zonky Bolgare hit me up yeah. about that and uh, does not remember giving him soccer oh. instructions, unfortunately. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna have to believe that. I'm yeah. Have to yeah. Believe that. Fuck. Oh man, I makes it sound like I gotta listen to that episode. I I haven't yet, but um, yeah, it's an all time classic. You gotta go back and check it out. Yeah, <laughs> I like the the general vibe of doing old Helena stories. I think if you're ever really looking, if you're desperate for some old Helena content, I think you could get uh, not only myself but some of my friends who you know from from Helena to to tell yeah. you sure well at some point yeah we're gonna run out of shit for sure and we're gonna need to expand expand the, the mythos in the meantime i'm mostly concerned with middle earth yeah yes. yeah that's where we're confined for the time being but uh thanks again um uh crow thanks again been a blast i love it okay. thanks for chilling with us from the vibe dungeon yes it's daddy's dungeon yeah it sure is i do uh, bad things in here john <laughs> i know yeah. i know i, I know I, you can tell uh yeah. thanks again listener if anyone did actually listen to this point like through the entirety of all of this uh let me know because i yeah. want to know if you're all right <laughs> uh make sure everything's okay with you uh but thank you uh, we love the listener, don't we, Crow? The listeners. They have a piece of me. That's right. They carry a piece of Crow forever with them, as we like to say. Uh, stay safe out there for these holidays, Crow. Don't stay, yeah. lick the spokes of an anus quite yet. Okay, We're there you go. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting there slowly but surely. 
thank you, Pfizer. <laughs> yeah. For slowly but surely greasing the wheels there for our for our avian crows there. Uh, but yeah, most importantly, uh, keep listening, like, and subscribe, and uh, remember who loves you, baby. Mm-hmm.